What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to another episode of The Hesitant Healer. I'm The Hesitant Healer, John Webster, and I'm here in a room locked in with my trusty sidekick, Lisa Montano. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Keep going because I'm going to drink. Oh, you're good. <laughs> He's going to drink an energy drink. All right. Let me ask you this, Lisa Kay. Yes, sir. Let's just say I got a friend. Okay. And it's a girl. Uh-huh. She's not a girlfriend. She's just a friend who's a girl. Right. Someone you've known. Uh, somebody I've known, and, and she is uh, currently trying to extricate herself out of a relationship that has gone bad. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, never a good situation, if you know what I mean. No, it is not. I'm going to move the mic. It's going to make a noise. Okay. Um, I haven't talked to her, so I'm not going to go into details. But um, she ain't happy, and it's not pretty. And uh, it turns out he's kind of a dick. And uh, she's been in this relationship for a while. And uh, now it's really, really, really not working out. And... She's kind of screwed because there's mingled money and house and stuff. You know, right. they're not married, but you know, you know right. how it goes. Yes. First of all, let me ask you this. Yes. Do, do you know what that's like? <laughs> yes, I know. I know several, several things about that. Yes, I do. So if I, if I use a couple of terms, you might know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's start with gaslighting. Uh-huh. I do know gaslighting. How about narcissist? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. I How know about, about that. Did you know the signs way before you left? Oh, yeah. Yet you stayed for a while. I did. Okay. So that's going to be the emphasis of our show today. And I guess the question one would ask in this uh, hesitant healing podcast is... Is leaving or getting out of a relationship a healthy thing? Got it. Okay. Can I? Put what's in your a What's your What's your first thought? My first thought is is a disclaimer. Oh. <laughs> You're like I hate the disclaimer. The legalities. Part. This the is why we have her, but it doesn't mean we like her. Go ahead. <laughs> Get in line. It's a long one. Um, I I I would say here's some just some thoughts right off the top of my head. First of all, not every relationship needs to be left. Well, that's not what we're talking about. No, no, I understand. Right, Let me right. finish. Okay. And when you said that your friend is not happy, I would say that even really good, healthy relationships go through times where everybody's not happy. That doesn't constitute needing to leave. Um if he leaves his shoes in the middle of the floor and that's just something that he does and that makes you unhappy, that is not necessarily a reason to leave him. However, if there's other things, then yes. I I know when I left my relationship, God, that was hard to say. Why was that hard? Um, when I left my relationship, it was really, really important to me to be able to look myself in the mirror and say, I did absolutely everything I could before I left. I get that, because I did the same thing. But right. oftentimes in talking to people who go through this, and, and we're gonna get to this eventually, mm -hmm. uh, you ought not to have got into it in the first place. Oh, I. you know what, I. there we go. Yeah, when you asked me, did I see signs before I left? I saw signs before I got married. Yeah, and I did it well, anyway. And and so yeah. here, I mean, this is this part of the solution is learning how to get better before you get into these relationships that turn south. Anyway, yes. Um, part of this is a lot of us have kids and money and houses and joint ventures. Years in, by the time we realize, right, and it's and it's, um, or we get better in the relationships, right? Let me let me give you for instance. Okay, give me a for instance. I know a guy who will remain anonymous because that's where I met him, and mm -hmm. uh, I watched this guy for years get better. Mm -hmm. He came in and out a couple of times, but he got better, right? And uh, I'm gonna go real basic on this because I can't get specific because that would be rude. Mm -hmm. But um, he got better. 
like he's running marathons and he's uh, works doing better and he's got great relationships and everything. He's got the same wife, right? So he's getting healthier. Uh, across the boards. Right. Across the boards. Off antidepressants. Wow. Everything. The whole nine years. This is five, six, seven years in. Right. Which I, I believe I've talked about too. Mm-hmm. One day he goes to the doctor. He's got his wife with him. And the doctor gets there and looks at the wife and says, why are we here? And he says, what? And the doctor says, she booked the appointment for you. Mm-hmm. And she says, I want it back on antidepressants. And the doctor says, what? And the guy says, what? And she says... I want it back on antidepressants. And the doctor says he, he's running marathons. His job's doing great. He's, a, he's, he's mentally healthy, physically healthy. He's doing so much better. Right. And she blurts out, full head of steam, I liked him better when he was drinking. <gasps> well, that's a real thing, right? Well, right. And the reality is we're in these relationships and we get into these sick relationships or these relationships turn sick while we're sick. And... and as they elevate, so does the sickness. And then one day, and this is a very Alcoholics Anonymous thing, one day we get better and mm-hmm. life starts to change. And if, and I'm holding both my hands up equally apart at shoulder length right now, right. except now I'm going to raise my right hand, but not raise my left hand. Right. And as we get better, raising hand, and as we get mentally sober and physically sober, raising hand, and as life gets better and we start making better decisions and we start changing and we become different people raising hand which is now three feet above my head but the left hand has not moved right we now have a displacement an emotional displacement a physical displacement an entire life of displacement where the the sick person has gotten better but the other person has not and what happened was this person fell in love with you and you fell in love with her when you were at your sickest Mm -hmm. or on your way to becoming sick Mm -hmm. and as i got better this is part of my story and she did not get better now we have two different people in two different places that have uh physical monetary and children attachments but they're completely different people and and nothing aligns anymore right and and Oftentimes, this is when they should start separating and getting divorces. And this is when you start thinking, uh, like you just said, I have to make sure I do everything to see that I can stay in this for the right. benefit of the kids or the benefit of the money or the benefit. I don't want to lose my house or I've got stuff because my stuff is important uh, before I make this separation. Well, you know, there's always counseling. But part of the reality is you you fell in love with a sick individual or they fell in love with a sick individual and you got better and they did not. And now it just doesn't add up. It right. doesn't make sense. No amount of sex, no amount of affairs, no amount of making money, no amount of really, in my opinion, in my opinion of psychological fixes is going to make this better because you have become separate and different people on a, every plane of reality. So... The Bible. Um, really? Says, no. Really? No, no, no. Listen, well, give me a chance. The Bible talks about being equally yoked. And in the church community, we all. Not, not yoked like this? No, not yoked like a workout. But like if you have the, the, the picture is two oxen and they have a yoke between them. It's a big piece of wood and head, one head goes through and the other head goes through and they are able to pull wagons and really, really heavy loads. That is a very good picture. Good for you. Thank you. And um, while in the church community, we we throw out equally yoked as meaning uh, believers shouldn't marry unbelievers, it's deeper than that. So if you think about your uh, example of kind of like the scale, if there was a ox who was three feet taller than the other one, and they're yoked together, that's not going to work because they're not at the same level. Somebody's not pulling the right weight. Somebody's not pulling the right weight. And so yoked really meant um, we have the same outlook. We can go the same way. We can both pull our weight in a relationship. uh, And that's really the deeper real meaning of that verse. And oftentimes, that ain't the way it is when they start. No. And, 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 And... 
I am not in the dating scene these days, but what I've seen and what I've heard is it's insane and crazy. And so a, yes. lot of the, a lot of the information that I have goes back to when we dated in real life with real people and we talked to each other in, in person. But um, a lot of that, I mean, when you talk about hookup culture, when we used to go to bars and hook up and that's how we found people or the sex was great before we got into a relationship or we didn't know what relationships were. And, and I like you, you like me, and our body parts fit together, however that may be, is kind of how a lot of relationships end up. And then all of a sudden, you start having uh, growth and age and responsibilities and jobs and kids and that kind of stuff. And right. one day you wake up and this this isn't what I want. It's right? all different. Life, right. life changes. Right. Anyway, so what to do is the question, right? Right. Um, let's start with... Let's pretend you're starting from zero, right? Okay. Actually, here's where I'll go. Um, let's just say I'm in a jacuzzi and I'm talking to a couple of friends of mine and they're both married and uh, uh, both of them uh, are talking about their relationships and uh, neither one of the husbands are alcoholic. Okay. But there's some drinking and there's some issues, right? Okay. Um, I always come from the... Their alcoholics' point of view, but that's not always the case, right? True. And a lot of times, if I'm talking to somebody about relationships, let me think. I know I've got an example here. Um, I tend to go negative, and and when it's really south, and I think you've already kind of buffered and been the other other voice of reason here. Right. A lot of times, I'm like, I can leave them because it's never going to work out. But right. the reality is, it can work out and sure. it, it can make a difference, and you can work a lot of things out. And I want you to keep that in mind when I'm going through some of this stuff, right? right? Because a lot of this has to do with your personal decisions and belief system. And a lot of times, you do want to work it out for the kids, right? Or it's as it's as good as it can get, right? I thought I remember a long, long time ago. I'm talking to a friend at work. And she's talking about her husband and uh, just red flag after red flag after red flag. And I'm like, what, what What are you doing? Why Why are you doing this? Maybe she was just getting ready to get married, something like that. Mm. And she point blank says, you know, it was a choice between door number one or door number two. And door number one uh, was okay. You know, I could have uh, keep going the way I'm going and I have this nice job and I have retirement or whatnot. But door number two was just shiny and it just looked good. And I <laughs> I just chose door number two. Yeah. Right. A lot of times we know we're making these decisions in yeah. our heart of hearts and we still do it. Right. Right. And that, again, that's a, that's a much bigger conversation, but that goes back to how you were raised. Right. It goes back to what your environmental imprint was. Sure. It goes back to... Uh, what your value systems and beliefs are as far as living life or what you were raised with or what you want to do going forward. Right. Um, sometimes it just has to do with with a living, breathing drug with the appropriate sex organs, I right? Agreed. And, and so... I think that women that are your age and my age uh, were raised in a different consciousness or awareness uh, than women who came after us like agreed and you know sometimes you grow up and you start making different decisions i can tell this story okay i got a buddy that's been around for since i was 14 we met when i was 14 we have jokes that go back 45 years folks and we could look at each other from across the room and make mm -hmm. a hand signal or whatnot and we will fall on the floor laughing he's <laughs> that guy i love this guy we joined the army together he's a good guy uh, he has a business and he had a secretary who was smoking hot. And this is, God, 20 years ago or so. And uh, he bet me that uh, that I couldn't date her, basically. So I went about and I ended up dating her. Now, at the time, she was 12 years younger than I was. Uh, I think I was in my 40s and she was in her 30s. But um, I will misogynistically say playboy hot, right? Okay. And, and I was not, because I just <laughs> recently found a picture of me in the pool with that girl, and I was larger, and I was not Playboy hot material. And I certainly didn't have a lot of money, so God knows what she was thinking. <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. Because my ego was still stoked. I was I was sober, but I, was, I still had lots of ego. 
we start going out. Um, of course, there's sex. Uh, honestly, Lisa, honestly, as an artist, not as a man, as an artist, mm-hmm. she could have walked around the house naked all day and I just would have sat there and watched. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have sex. I just wanted to look at that beautiful form. Mm-hmm. All right. I really appreciated literally the, the, the nudity of this person. Okay. <clears throat> However, <laughs> but if you got a couple drinks in her, uh-huh. she talked uh-huh. and talked like narcissistically talked ad infinitum. One time I clocked it, it was over an hour before I got to edge a, a word in edgewise. No. And one day, maybe, I don't know, two months into it, uh-huh. we're going through this thing where I noticed that, you know, She's just talking, 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 talking about nothing, 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 nothing. And I thought in my head, I need more. Oh, right. Okay. So it, my question is, when she's talking, is she like talking about intelligent, no, bright things? No, or no, the, this okay. is bubble-headed blondie stuff. And I, and a tear came to my eye and rolled down my cheek. I'm Aww. like, I need more stuff. I don't want the Playboy body anymore. Aww. I don't want to just have sex with somebody beautiful. I need substance. Wow. I was all grown up. It's like the time <laughs> I went to read my pill bottle and I couldn't and I realized I need glasses. <laughs> Those, uh, you have these moments. I yes. was scared and <laughs> I was I was grown up in a different way and it happened right. without my consent. And, I, and, <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, right? I need substance right so back in high school when you had the prettiest girl on your arm that was a big deal she'll appreciate that if she listens to this but you know it's always been yes right Um, no i totally get it uh, you you, yeah because you've known me a long time i i it's always been about looks and one day it wasn't about looks it was about substance right so um, let's discuss that because I do think part of what we're talking about comes with age and comes with with experience. Right. So a lot of times we're in this first marriage or second marriage, God forbid, third or fourth, but we're in these relationships where one day you wake up and it's like, this is not what I want. Right. And this is where we have to start to learn the signs of uh, change. Now, I will go to my favorite book, my favorite author, my favorite relationship guy, Terrence Gorski. If you want to learn about relationships and you want to do it grown up, find a book called Getting Love Right by Terrence Gorski. My wife would be screaming at me right now if if she was here because I, she hates that book. Lisa Kay does not like this book. But let me tell you. It's a book about addiction versus healthy relationships, number one. The other book that I turn people to constantly and have for years is a book called The People of the Lie. Uh, that's a hard, hard, hard It read. is a hard book. And this one is by uh, M. Scott Peck, The People of the Lie. Now, M. Scott Peck, the first two books were called The Road Less Traveled, and further along the road, less travels. These are seventies or early eighties books, but it was like it, it wasn't even the early eighties. It was more like that seventies. Uh, we all self help movement. We were all jo- going to make ourselves better. Jonathan Livingston Siegel, yeah, oh, and and Est, and yeah. Anyway, getting love right. Anyway, he wrote. He's a psychologist. Um, and he wrote these first two books on, on the psychology of love. And then he decided that if he was going to write the psychology of love, he needed to write on the psychology of evil. So he wrote People of the Lie. And he set about to find out if humanity was inherently evil, uh, evil people were born that way or not. Um, now, this is a guy who was heavily into psychology of the 60s and 70s. In fact, he was one of the, uh, towards the end of the book, he was one of the psychologists that was on the uh, governing body that, that, uh, looked into what was called the My Lai Massacre in Vietnam. So, I mean, he, he was wow. around and he knew some stuff. <clears throat> but look, this book will teach you how to see uh, narcissistic behavior and behavior of people who literally love you to death and, the, and how they can do it and why they can do it and all the things that go with it. So what I'm going to do, which um, I have it ready and I can't just quote it off of thin air. So I'm going to read some things off the old internet that are just some basic things um, that are uh, some 
heads up things that you want to look for in a current or future relationship as far as red flags yeah would yeah. that would that be okay yes okay this one's gaslighting we're gonna go into gaslighting first and gaslighting is um let me see let me see let me see let me see can you describe what gaslighting is instead of me reading it or do i need to read it i i think it would be best if you read it all right, hang on. What is gaslighting? Here we go. Gaslighting is a psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception, or rea of, of reality. Or memories and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence, and self-esteem. Uncertain one's emotional or mental stability and the dependence on the perpetrator. So right. basically... Uh, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time a little bit to Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton and uh, and the best little whorehouse in Texas. Love that movie. There is a song in there called uh, uh, "Ooh, I Love to Dance a Little Sidestep." That's gaslighting, right? I'm gonna right. tell you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna make you believe it's the truth, but the reality is it's nowhere near the truth, right? right. So here's gaslighting. Uh, I think these are five things that gaslighter would say or cause you to do. Number one, a gaslighter uses loaded words against you right there's certain words or phrases that people use when they want to invalidate your thoughts and feelings if someone calls you crazy you're crazy lisa yeah i got that one. you're irrational yes you're a woman you're being irrational I, mine was or, you're too sensitive that's the next one on the list look at there too sensitive they're likely to attack your point of view okay yeah that you're overreacting Right. You're, you're just, what the, what is your fucking problem, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Number yes. two, a gaslighter is extremely defensive, mm -hmm. right? If, if you call somebody who's a gaslighter on their stuff, they're not going to like criticism. They're not going to accept any blame. And they're going to make you feel, they feel like you're challenged. Why are you challenging me? I can remember this one. Well, that's not the way I remember it. Ooh, <laughs> I used to use that phrase. <laughs> Uh, number three, a gaslighter is constantly telling you how you feel. Right. Right what, Lisa? How do you feel? How do I feel right now? You look like you're angry. I'm not angry. Do you feel okay? No, I'm great. You, feel, you sure? Okay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that wasn't nice. Gaslighters will often try and make you question your take on reality to get you on their page to uh, and undermine your judgment, right? Right. Number four. A gaslighter always makes you out to be the bad guy. Yes. Because it's always your fault. Well, it's always my fault. Well, I'm never wrong, so right. it is your fault. Right. Right? If you just, if you would just, or if you had just, or, you know, it would have all gone differently. Let, let, let me ask you this, Lisa, in all honesty. <laughs> have I done that to you? Have you done that to me? Made you seem like it's your fault? Uh, <laughs> recently, <laughs> or many, 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 many years well, let, ago. Let's go recently. <laughs> no, no. Okay. okay. No. All right. Uh, and number and number five, you start to question your reality around a gaslighter. So yeah. anytime, I'll read this. As a result of being gaslit, is that you begin to feel as if you can't trust your own thoughts or feelings. You start thinking you're crazy. Really, right? right? That's one reason it's difficult for a victim of gaslighting to realize what's happening because the gaslighter has has taken your version of reality and skewed it and twisted it so manipulatively and mm -hmm. so stealthily mm -hmm. that you don't know what's real and what's not. And so oftentimes over over time you wake up one day and and nothing is right nothing feel you don't feel like you have your feet on the ground you don't think you know who well, you are anymore you don't know what your true north is you don't know what's up you don't know what's down uh uh at that point um honestly you start to feel like you're walking on eggshells because you don't want to set the the other person off let me let me throw this at you in a healthy relationship be it romantic or friendly professional or familial you should be made to feel good about yourself, right? Friendships are good. Family is good. People who love you build you up, right? Right. Because people who care about you and respect you want to build you up. Hey, that's just what I said. And mm. for you to succeed. Right. Gaslighters, on the other hand, will often tear down your confidence as a way to make you easier to manipulate. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're feeling depressed and anxious, that doesn't mean your partner is gaslighting you, of course. But if you have these other feelings that are associated with it, like your partner doesn't feel safe to you, if your partner doesn't feel like somebody you can really be yourself with, and that they have your back, you might be a victim of gaslighting, right? Oh, I thought there were five. There's more. Uh, a gaslighter outright denies what you know to be true. Oh, I have a really good story to go with Please that. give us one. So I was listening to a podcast, um, the one on PBS where people say their stories. Okay. Uh, what is that called? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, it is a podcast where people come on and they just tell stories about their life. And there was this woman, and she had a fascinating life. She had grown, uh, had been born in Australia, but her parents were Chilean. And during the uprising, uh, she went back to help uh, rescue rebels. And so she was actually technically she was like a triple spy right she wasn't even a double spy she was a triple spy and so her point was it was really difficult to remember what the truth was but she was married to a man and she told this and they were both there and they were both doing the job and um there was this everybody's always watching you kind of feeling and uh, he would tell her, nobody's watching us. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And they had uh, an incident where they were pretty sure they were being followed. She took them to a grocery store, uh, she and the husband. They walked around the inside of the grocery store and found an exit. And then the people that she thought were following them actually followed them out the exit. They got into some sort of car um, and somehow, I'm going to guess they hotwired it, and they got away. And years later, she had divorced him, and, and but they were still kind of talking. And years later, she went to um, him and said, do you remember the grocery store incident and he's like no I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about you, you mean did, were we buying groceries she's like no we were being followed and and he said I, you're crazy I you have no idea what you're talking about and she was just baffled um, about a month later she gets a notice from uh, people who are currently in the government and they kind of declassified some documents. And one was a document that was the guy that she was certain had been following her. And she read through the document and he said, yes, in you know whatever year it was, we were following a young couple and they went into a grocery store and they tried to get away from us. And, and the end of that was the intent was to murder these people and throw their bodies out into the jungle. Oh, wow. But he, in his own mind, or the words he was saying to her were totally gaslighting her. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're wrong. That never happened. Um, because he was so intent. And then her kind of her point was, I'm not sure who he was ever really, you know, working right. for. But um, definitely, you know, they're in a romantic relationship and... Yeah, didn't see yeah. The, yeah. So that was a real gas, gaslighting that had some, uh, could have had some consequences. Could have been ugly. Yes. Number eight, the final one, you feel like you need to agree on everything. You know, in a healthy relation, romantic relationship, it's normal to have disagreements. You can agree to disagree and accept the fact that you have different perspectives so long as you're respectful and caring and acknowledge each other's point of view. Right. Right. That goes back to walking on eggshells because you but, don't want to piss him off. But when you're in an abusive relationship, it's not okay to have a different perspective in essence. You're right. supposed to be the same. Well, it works both ways. There's she's too. I got, I oh, got, for sure. I got a buddy that's got an uh, ex-wife that's that's just this way too, right? right. Um, and and if she gets jealous while you're watching commercials, it, it's it's not okay. Right. If she gets jealous because you're walking down the street and some bikini walking thing and you turn your head and, and there's a there's an issue there. Right. I'm a man. I'm supposed to look. It doesn't mean I want to fuck her. It just means there's pretty people out there. I like pretty people. But here's the other thing. Should also be a discussion. Oh, for right? sure. <clears throat> what my, are you comfortable with and what am I comfortable my with? My lease and me. And I, I talked about this early on in this podcast sat down and had a negotiating conversation about how this relationship was going to go. And I was just coming out of massage school and I told her, look, I'm about to go into a profession where I am in a locked room with a naked woman and I'm touching her. And if you got issues with that, there's going to be a problem. I either quit this job now and find another or you're going to have to trust me. Right. right. 
And and shortly thereafter, it was kind of funny every day in the first, I don't know, year or so, I'd go home and say, honey, I saw like four and a half boobs a day. It was, <laughs> right? But I, I'd tell her about it, right? Uh, maybe there must be 57 of them up there. It's an old <laughs> Steve Martin joke. Okay, so that's, that's gaslighting. Right. And if you'll bear with me here while I take that off the screen, we're now going to go into narcissism 10 signs that you're in a relationship with a narcissist these are probably going to well i was probably going to overlap a bit i would say that that the majority of them are going to be rather similar because most narcissists do gaslight that's one of the things they do all right so here we go uh number one he or she is a conversation hoarder the narcissist loves to talk about him or herself or listen to himself on his podcast (laughs) <laughs> it's Thursday. I get to listen to myself. I, I do love listening to me. And does it give you a chance to take part in a two-way conversation, which I've also been told happens on my podcast. Wait a minute. Wait. You struggle to have your own views and feelings heard. And when you do get a word in, if it's not in agreement with the narcissist, your comments are likely to be corrected and dismissed. Mm-hmm. And there, so the narcissist rolls right into gaslighting, right? <clears throat> Uh, number two, conversation interrupter. Well, Lisa, I never do that. (laughs) While many, what? (laughs) While many people have the poor communication habit of interrupting others, the narcissist narcissist interrupts and quickly switches the focus back to herself. Right. He shows a little genuine interest in you. Uh, my buddy John Kelly from, uh, Al-Anon, uh, one time was talking about somebody. He says, okay, uh, Enough about me. Let's talk about you. How do you feel about me? Uh, number three, they're a rule baker. Shit, I'm not liking this one. This this whole narcissist thing is. You're not going to get to number I'm ten, not, are I'm you? Not, I'm not looking so good here. Number three, rule breaker. The narcissist enjoys getting away with violating rules and social norms, such as cutting in line, chronic under-tipping, some will over-tip to show off, stealing office supplies, breaking multiple appointments, or disobeying traffic laws. I am only guilty out of two of those five. Okay. (laughs) And you're not going to share it. I'm going to go with the office supplies, I'll I'll admit to, but nothing else. Okay. Number four, a boundary violator. Really, I don't like these at all. Uh, Shows wanton disregard for other people's thoughts, feelings, possessions, and physical space. Oversteps and uses others without consideration or sensitivity. Borrows items or money without returning. Breaks promises and obligations repeatedly. Shows little remorse or blames the victim for one's own lack of respect. You know, it's your fault that I forgot because you didn't remind me, right? More gaslighting. <laughs> Number five, false image projection. Many narcissists like to do things to impress others by making themselves look good externally. This, quote, trophy complex can exhibit itself physically, romantically, sexually, socially, religiously, financially, materially, professionally, academically, or culturally. In these situations, a narcissist uses people, objects, statues, and or accomplishments to represent the self, substituting for the perceived inadequate real self. These grandstanding merit badges are often exaggerated. The underlying message of this type of display is, I am better than you. Mm. Look at how special Special. I am. Reminds me of a joke. (laughs) I'm worthy of everyone's love, admiration, and acceptance. Uh, Here's the quote. I dyed my hair blonde and enlarged my breasts to get a man's attention and to make other women jealous. That's from Anonymous. I have not enlarged my breasts. (laughs) However, I am developing some (laughs) by not working out. Number six, entitlement. Narcissists often expect preferential treatment from others. They expect others to cater, often instantly, to their needs Mm -hmm. without being considered in return. In their mindset, the world revolves around them. Mm -hmm. Number seven is a charmer. Fuck. Narcissists can be very charismatic and persuasive. (laughs) John's going to need to stop for a second. He's going to have to go call his therapist right now. (laughs) Can we just change the word narcissist to John? (laughs) 
<laughs> Narcissists can be very charismatic and persuasive. When they're interested in you for their own gratification, they make you feel very special and wanted. However, once they lose interest in you, most likely after they've gotten what they want and become bored, they may drop you without a second thought. A narcissist can be very engaging and sociable as long as you're fulfilling what she desires. I like that they went with the she uh, and giving her all of your attention. Uh, okay. Got a story for that one? I, you no, know, you don't. I, no, no, I do actually, if you want. Does like, it involve Mexico? No, okay. it doesn't. Um, uh, you know, when when I split with my husband, I, I there were... Ex-husband. Ex-husband. When I split with my ex-husband, there would be, because we were pretty well known in the community, I guess, uh, several, it, yeah, the town, we were pretty well known. Um, several people came to me and was like, but he was always such a nice guy. Oh, hell yeah. I wasn't, when we broke up, it was all her. It wasn't me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Was, and that, that's a very narcissistic trait. <clears throat> And he was the, so nice. He, you know, if 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 I needed anything, he would run right over there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Eight grandua, grandiose. Sorry. Grandiose. Grandiose personality. Thinking of oneself as a hero or heroine, a prince or a princess, or a one of a kind special person. Some narcissists have an exaggerated sense of self-importance, believing that others cannot live or survive without his or her magnificent contributions wow ask me how many times i thought that when i got fired <laughs> all of them all of them <laughs> uh, number nine negative emotions many narcissists enjoy spreading and arousing negative emotions to gain attention feel powerful and keep you insecure and off balance they are easily upset at any real or perceived slights or inattentiveness they may throw a tantrum, what, mm -hmm. if you disagree with their views or fail to meet their expectations. If you ever want to throw a narcissist for a loop, just disagree with them. Just di whether, whether they're right or not, just disagree <laughs> with them and you can, you can get them to throw a tizzy. They're extremely sensitive to criticism and typically respond with heated argument. Um, a disproportionate response, uh, and you will you will see this like you say something and they fly off the handle, and it makes no sense why they did that. Right. Or or cold detachment. That's fight or flight. Right. On the other hand, narcissists are often quick to judge, criticize, ridicule. They're the ones that are going to make fun of people the most and blame you. <clears throat> Some narcissists are emotionally abusive by making you feel inferior. There's more gaslighting. They boost their fragile ego and they feel better about themselves. And number 10, manipulation, using others as an extension of self. So we tend to manipulate our entire existence and we're, we're great puppeteers where we can mm. get, I can get, in my first marriage, there wasn't anybody in my inner or outer circle that didn't think she was a bitch and understand why I was the one that should leave her because it was totally her fault, not my fault. And, you did uh, nothing wrong. I, I did nothing wrong. Um, making decisions for others to suit one's own needs. The narcissist may use his or her romantic partner, child. You see this a lot in divorces. Mm. All they want to do is hurt the other person with right. the children. Right. Friends. I'm going to gather all my friends around and tell that, you what a bitch she was. That was a or, big one. Or yeah. colleagues to meet unreasonable self-serving needs, fulfill unrealized dreams, or cover up self-perceived inadequacies and flaws uh, and bottom line here is another way narcissists manipulate is through guilt oh yeah such as proclaiming i've given you so much and you're so ungrateful right 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 i'm a victim and you must help me because or you're not a good person right, right. so if you find yourself in one of these relationships uh it's time to start doing some esteemable things. It's time to start looking into some self-esteem and time to start finding your voice. Go back uh, to podcasts for that right. one. Finding well, we your voice, voice. And, and becoming more of who you're supposed to be. So if we go back to the original premise of and uh, back to an AA thing, um, in that program where you find yourself, where you start getting out of self and helping others, where you start realizing your fault and and taking responsibility for it, 
you start to build self-esteem and realize that what is actually being said is not true. What you're actually hearing is not necessarily the, the truth as you see it. And, and taking a better stock of what you want and what you deserve and how you deserve it. And sometimes, I would say oftentimes, Lisa Kay, mm-hmm. uh, it means getting out of the relationship in a healthy manner. And sometimes well, they, they will not let you do it in a healthy manner, right. but you can do it in a protective manner. It's oftentimes when I'm talking to people about this kind of thing where I will say, uh, you need a plan, right? And, right. So, and that plan involves a, a foundation, right. a, a, a healthy friend that can stick in your corner. Somebody that could help you move at a moment's notice if it turns violent. Right. Um, a good lawyer. If you can't afford one, you need to look into figuring a way out. And what your options are, right? If you've right. never lived alone, if you've never lived without a car you can live in and a girlfriend who buys you clothes, buys you clothes <laughs> and, a, and a restaurant you can eat at, then you don't know what it's like to live on your own. You don't. And, and so the fix for this could take some time. Right. I, it rarely, rarely, rarely is a is a one moment thing. Yeah. Unless and, and we'll caveat this, unless it's abusive. Right. If it's abusive, get the fuck out. And call the police. You should call the police. Right? If your children are being abused, you right. should call the police. It, and uh, a whole different thing here with a whole different podcast here, but but you, people will choose sides real quickly in that one too oh, for sure. and oftentimes in in abusive relationships especially his family if he's doing the abusing mm-hmm. or his family if he's the molester or whatever right they're gonna side with them a lot of times and oh, sure. and you want to talk about gaslighting when the whole family's gaslighting you you're kind of screwed well it's difficult because i gotta say when uh when my breakup happened for the most part uh he had a he has a large extended family and I would say for the most part and you were the white girl and I was the white girl that's right so one of these things is not like the other was that I don't remember that was uh, Sesame Street Sesame Street Sesame Strasse. um so I, I see a lot of times that that does happen and that you've just left somebody that affects your self-esteem as well like maybe i was wrong maybe i shouldn't have left him maybe this was a bad choice um again you know we talk a lot about process like grieving is a process and learning my to find my voice is a process i think that if you get to the point where your relationship where where you have grown and they are not willing to grow or you are ready to grow and they don't want any part of that uh, if you are being abused in any way, and I have to say, honestly, I wasn't, I didn't think I was being abused, um, but financially, emotionally, uh, socially, uh, I really was. Well, and, and this, I, I don't know that we touched on it, but we kind of touched on it. A, a, one of the signs of, of gaslighting and being abused is that that person tries to take you out of familiarity. Sure. They, they try and manipulate well, they all, isolate you. All of your finances. They try oh, and keep sure. you away from your family. They right. try and keep you away from being able to run by taking control of all you have. Right. They make you feel less than or bad about yourself. Right. Tell you what you can wear and what you can't wear. Yes. All in the name of love. Right. Refer back to people of the lie. And when right. you start to see those people, and the reason I give that book out to people when they're in these situations, is you have to learn what that looks like. Right. Because if you grew up in that, they loved you so much that they almost killed you. Mm. And then you go out on your own and you find that person. If that's all you've ever known as love, that's, that's what, what you're going to look for in a relationship. Right, because that's what love feels like. Right. When love equals sex... That's all you know. Right. Right? When love equals abuse, that's all you know. Right. Right? Right. Um, I'll give you a a like-minded story that goes in this direction. Um, When I was little, I remember sitting in a shopping cart. I must have been about five or six. It was a first memory of of observation. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going through a store. I'm with my mommy. We're going through a store. And uh, I know I had just had a birthday recently where I got 
some money. Mm. I don't know, five dollars, two dollars, whatever. Mm. I wanted a cereal. I'm gonna say Captain Crunch. And we're going through the cereal store, and I say I want that cereal. And my mother says, when you can buy that cereal, you can have that cereal. <laughs> I said I can buy that cereal. I just got five dollars in my birthday card. Mm. And she says you spent that money last week when you got cereal. Blah blah blah. Right. That set the tone for years to come about not trusting authority and not trusting how money was distributed by authority and how I did money for a long time because it had no value system, which meant, and to this day, I mean, I have to, I have to watch it. Um, It taught me that if I get money, I spend money. Mm. It didn't tell me to save. It didn't Mm. tell me to trust authority, a higher authority figure that can distribute the money that I can trust them. Right. right? There's a a great book called The Energy of Money that I also talk to people about, which talks about uh, we grow up with these value systems of money. Right. We grow up with these value systems of sex. Right. I, I go back to the to the six things of of mentally financially spiritually physically sexually right i did them out of order so but also there's another great book that's a good one um there's one written specifically for women called um you're a badass at making money and she talks a lot about um women's relationship to making money and saving money and getting money um and I, I can't recommend that book enough. It's really good. She has a series of You're a Badass, You're a Badass at Making Money. There's a couple of them. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different books out there that can help you build your self-esteem and rewire a new value system is what we're saying. And if you feel that you're being gaslit, if you feel that you're involved with a narcissist, part of that healing needs to go back and understand how you got there because more right. than likely it was your parents. Well, more, more than likely, you grew up in a in a system that had values that were a little skewed because that's how you ended up in the relationship in the first place. Right. And as you begin to fix that and see that you do have value and that you can change these things, so comes the, the fix of healing right. and understanding that you have worth and that you can do this. Now, if you have children, right. don't think you're not teaching them these negative value systems they're they're watching and um that's a hard thing because what are they watching it's a very hard thing right um my thought was i needed to stay because they were watching and i wanted them to have successful marriages not realizing that this was such a disaster that they were watching the wrong thing well that you weren't in a successful marriage so the 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 first part was that you believed you were right when you when you realized you weren't and it was all about trying to save them right you were past the point of showing them right and and it wasn't it's more about protection and you don't realize that you need to teach them and oftentimes i'll tell people right uh, bring them along with you. Maybe when it's safe, bring them along with you. But tell them, look, mommy made a mistake. This is how I grew up. Break the bonds of generational and cyclical abuse right. by being honest with them in your journey and showing them how you got from point A to point B and what you're doing different. Right. If you're going to keep bumping your head against the same man or woman, if you're going to keep bumping your head against the same things that have kept you bound in these relationships, don't share it with your kids. No. Don't. But if you want to get better and you start getting better, show them how to get better and teach them. Again, that's all what? I I believe that children are our future. (laughs) Please don't sing. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think all of that is a process. You know, very few people wake up on uh, Saturday morning and say, this is it, I'm done, and leave, and it's all clean and beautiful. Um, no, it's hardly ever clean and beautiful. No. But they do wake up and think, this is it, I'm done, but now you need a plan, right? Right. So go get a plan. Right. Get a therapist, get a friend, get somebody who understands, get a book, start to learn, build your self-esteem, and start to believe in yourself. Right. Right? But I want to emphasize one more time. Last thing. Last thing. Um. Every relationship, good relationships, bad relationships, in between relationships, um, they all go through peaks and valleys. And if you are in a valley um, and you are not sure if this is a Death Valley, you know, then well put. Then what you need to do is reach out to some confidants or to a therapist. Or here's a really good uh, 
suggestion. Go to an go to one Al Anon meeting and just sit there and see what that feels like. Um, there, there's lots of different groups and programs. It doesn't sure. have to be Alcoholics Anonymous. No, it no. doesn't have to be Al Anon. There's a lot of different. There is a lot of help out there. But here's here's what my caveat is is. Everybody gets to that that point where, oh my God, you know, uh, I'm not sure that this is worth it anymore. Um, not every relationship breaks up. No, and I, I don't think that's what we're saying. And and you're right. Don't do it in the hiccups. This is right. long term. Right. You you know you're screwed kind of stuff. Mine was 26 and a half years but of we're, the same we're, thing over and over and over and over again. We're gonna grow, and sometimes we don't grow proportionately. And mm-hmm. you need to realize your value and and understand that if you want to live your life to the best of your ability that sometimes you need to take these things into consideration and make the best decision for you and your children and or people that are involved with you and your fur babies if that's a thing well and extended family and the communities you belong to but don't don't do it for them do it for you correct and sometimes those families don't come and sometimes you end up all alone, and that needs to be part of that decision-making process, right? It does. So, all right, that's all we got for today. Thank you for listening to us. I hope that your day continues. It's 104 here today. It's pretty it freaking hot. It is. Um, but uh, I don't think we have anything coming down the pike. Uh, we've not right we've canceled now. the dissection class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a thing coming. Uh, I think we're good. Yeah. This is it. So, y'all have a good day. Yep. Be, be good humans. Be good humans. We're going to leave it at that. Peace out, y'all. Bye.